0: Hi, and welcome to the Seven Elements of Wellness Podcast. I'm Trish DeMarcus. And I'm Lacey Wall, a.k.a. L-Dub. And we are the creators of the Seven Elements of Wellness Lifestyle Routine, dedicated to helping you feel good more than you don't. The
1: Seven Elements of Wellness are spiritual, mental, emotional, relational, nutritional, physical, and financial. And what we found is that we're all living
0: these elements. It's how much attention are we giving each one? Because where your attention goes, your energy flows. When you combine them all and they flow together, it's powerful. This really is a personal development program. Combined with an overall wellness program. We've had amazing feedback from the community, and people are shedding weight. They are repairing their relationships, overcoming anxiety. It's helping with depression. It's a journey of self love, a foundation to help you be
2: the best version of yourself.
0: Just be. And that's what this podcast really is about. We are dedicated to bringing you the best of the best in each of their elements. So, whether you're on the beginning of your wellness journey or you're a seasoned biohacker, we can promise you that you're going to find value in each and every episode let's go let's see how many days in a row we can flow
1: Welcome to the 7 Elements of Wellness Podcast and welcome to our final 7th Element episode. I'm Courtney Stoll and it has been such an amazing journey to be able to host this podcast and here we are. We are at number 7, the 7th Element, the Financial Element. Now if you have been listening to our podcast and eagerly awaiting each release, we welcome you. If you have been binge listening to this podcast, well you are at the final episode of this first series. And we are so excited to be here, especially because we have an amazing guest today, Jeff Fieldstad, and he is so knowledgeable about the financial element and really about the financial industry overall. As always, we have realized as we bring these amazing guests onto our show that really all the seven elements tie together. So we are going to be talking all about money today and mindset and discipline and all of those things, but you're going to see we're going to be touching also upon spirituality and emotional and mental mindset and all of those things that tie us together to create the life that we want to live, which is the overall goal to feel good more than we don't. Let me tell you a little bit about Jeff. He has 18 years of experience teaching sales and leadership. He's a serial entrepreneur who started his first company at 19 years old in the financial services industry. Since then, he has trained tens of thousands of people and he has helped thousands of people get financially independent. One thing I love about this interview that you are about to jump into with me is how authentically real Jeff is. He says it like it is. He holds nothing back, but you can really truly feel his drive and his energy and his passion for the financial industry. And not only that, but how much the financial element roots us in so much of the other elements that we have been talking about. I mean, isn't it true if you are financially stable, do you have a little bit more peace of mind? Are you emotionally a little bit in a better place, mentally, spiritually? There's a lot of stress that comes around finances. There's a lot of stress that comes around understanding finances, what to do with our money. How do we create more of it? How do we be financially free? All of these topics he is going to be answering as we jump into this today. So, welcome to our seventh and final element. Welcome to our final episode of the first series. But just because we've reached our last episode doesn't mean we're over forever. It just means we are wrapping up this series. So congratulations for getting here through the seven elements of wellness podcast with us. We are so grateful to our listeners and to all the support that we have had over the last year as we've created this podcast for you. Let's jump in with Jeff and let's tackle this financial element. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. Uh,
2: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: You and your wife, Kelsey, were guest presenters at the Financial Element event for Seven Elements of Wellness a few months ago. It was fantastic.
2: Thank you. I appreciate Um, that.
1: And there was so much amazing information that you shared. The feedback that we got was fantastic as well. So that's good. I'm excited that you're here to expand and talk to our podcast listeners. Awesome. Awesome. One thing that really stood out to me at that event was your story. You and Kelsey had an amazing story of your journey, how you started, your upbringing. You have such a great journey through the financial element, and I know yeah. it's not all finances, right? right. I mean, right. there's family and faith and all of that too. Yep. But because this is the financial element, can you share a little bit about your journey, your background, and how you got to be where you are today?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. My uh, my wife and I, we, I mean, we kind of had polar opposites backgrounds, which is kind of crazy. She, My wife grew up pretty, you know, they had money as she was growing up and stuff. Her her mom and her dad got divorced when they were young, but her mom raised her and she had a pretty good life. You know, she was a cheerleader and, you know, (laughs) did all the things she wanted to do financially in life. And as she was growing up, but I kind of had a totally different story. I was raised by a single mom who never really made any money. My mom was very hardworking, um, but really struggled just to put food on the table. Right. Mm. And, um, so I grew up poor, always, always wanted to be successful. And I think that was a big driver. So you know, growing up in St. George, I moved here when I was twelve, and then we were living in a single-wide trailer. So here I was, growing up in this trailer park, angry at the world. You know, mm-hmm. felt like, man, I just just want to change my life. And then as I got out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but um, I was just motivated. So I started going to college, like everybody says to do, right? Go to school, get grades, get an education so you can get a good job. The problem was, is I genuinely never wanted a job. I always looked at people that had great lives and Mm -hmm. realized, I don't know how I understood this at a young age, that the people that had the life that I wanted didn't necessarily have jobs. So I ended up in college and I was taking uh, classes for business, right? And I'll never forget it. One one day I seen my professor pull in in this old beat up Honda and I, anybody that knows me growing up, I wasn't, I didn't have a whole lot to say. And I definitely wasn't talking in school and saw his car, raised my hand and asked him why he didn't do what he was teaching us that day. And he kicked me out of class. <laughs> and I realized that day that I'm paying this college at that time, I think it was ten or twelve thousand dollars a year and I'm learning from somebody who has a life that isn't the life that I want. So I left class that day and told my mom I wasn't going back to college. I was the first kid in my family to graduate high school. Mm. So let alone go to college. Wow. So if you can imagine how my mom felt yeah she just you know went from bragging to her friends that I was in college to please just stay, please just finish. Yeah. Didn't know what I was gonna do. Ended up doing advertising and marketing, working for my mother-in-law, which was hard enough, right? Working for your (laughs) mother-in-law, but I loved it. Uh, I've always been a good artist and been creative. So in advertising, it was fun. And started doing advertising and marketing and, and I was making pretty good money. Now I was still broke. Right. So I still spent every penny I, I made. I was trying to get my wife to marry me. So I was sending her roses every day. <laughs> and, you know, we'd go out to eat and all this stuff. And so I was spending everything I made, but I was making what most people would say is pretty good money but I was still just broke and wanted more out of life. And then I got recruited at uh, 20. I was 20, just turning 21 into the financial services industry. Didn't think I could do it. I've always had that chip on my shoulder and always loved people. I just didn't love talking to them, right? (laughs) As long as you'll do the talking, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I still have a whole lot to say. So I didn't think I could be successful in the financial industry. My wife, however, believed in me Mm -hmm. and she thought that I could do it and really made me do it you know she made me get started and um, I was so scared and that was in 2006 we started I was just 20 just turning 21 years old like I said and my first year I made 15 grand extra part-time just learning the business which is pretty dang good for you know a young kid making an extra 1200 bucks a month part-time yeah But more importantly than the 1,200 a month part-time, I started to change the way I thought about money. I started changing the people I was hanging around. And those things are really what had a big impact later on in my life, right? So Mm -hmm. I got started. And then after being in the financial industry for about a year, I quit my job and went Mm full-time. And we moved from Southern Utah up to Boise, Idaho. And our first year there, that was in 2007. So the recession was just starting to happen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And our first year there, we made 115,000 Wow! and which was cool. Right. For I was 22. My wife was 19. Yeah, we were just, that's
0: pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, We were just kids.
2: Right. Yeah. And then the next year we made 220,000 and that was in 2008. And in 2009, I was, uh, I turned 24 that year. My wife was 21 and made 465 grand that year. And the world was ending. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so we, we had, been saving probably 80, 90% of our income. And so by 2011, we were financially independent. We didn't have to work for money anymore. We were financially free. And we moved to Las Vegas, July 4th of 2011. And I just wanted to, I started getting comfortable financially, professionally, I started getting to a place where like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. Right. But it's because I realized I was comparing myself to everybody else around me and all the people around me and living in Boise, Idaho, the average person was making 1500, 2000 a month. So I decided to move to Las Vegas and I chose Las Vegas because I wanted to be in a place where no matter how successful I got, I could still feel stretched as long as I was willing to put myself in those environments. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Las Vegas in 2011 and, uh, we just did it all over again and it was a lot of fun. And so then two years ago we sold our business and have just been kind of living the dream. It's been amazing. So that's pretty much our story.
1: So you're retired now.
2: Yeah, just retired, investing, having fun. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay, so I want to go back because you said that you started working in the financial industry. Yeah. So people like me who are like, what? You made this much money and then you made this much money. Mm -hmm. Can you just, in a simple term, what does that mean, the financial industry? You started to work in the financial industry and what did that look like?
2: Yeah, so the industry that I got recruited into was investments, you know, like IRAs, 401ks, Mm. mutual funds, annuities, insurance, mortgages, pretty much personal finance. So anything involving personal finance is what we did.
1: And so were you like a consultant or you invested your own money into that?
2: So yeah. So at first when I started, I was just a sales rep, right? So I was just selling those products and obviously learning about them and then you know, teaching people how they work. But then also, yes, I was, I've always been a firm believer that I would never ask somebody to do something that I wasn't already doing myself, which also, by the way, was helped me so much in my career because I was practicing what I was preaching. Yes. So behind the scenes, I was investing my money. Um, I didn't buy a house until I could pay cash for it. Um, All of these things that I was being taught I was also doing, but then I was turning around teaching that to others. And then I got financially independent because of it. And then after I got financially free, I started realizing, oh my gosh, everybody needs this because now it had really happened to me. It wasn't, it went from a theory or a concept to a fact in my life, which was cool.
1: Yeah. And I think you made a really good point. And I want to go back to that because I think that's what is so inspiring is that you mentioned that you were in college, you were taking this class and you were learning about how to be Successful Mm -hmm. from someone that didn't seem to be very successful, or at least in the terms of where you wanted to go and where you wanted to be. Exactly. And I think that's really an important point that you're like, I always wanted to practice what I preached, Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be doing what I was teaching others. Yeah, and I,
2: I wanted to be authentic. Yeah, mm, I wanted to. Exactly. Mm. And I
1: think that's really inspiring. And that's where yeah. I felt when and listening to the presentation you gave at our event, that's what I felt. I felt awesome. you and Kelsey were so authentic and yeah. so real. And you were real about it wasn't easy. Right. It was hard. Yep. There was a lot of sacrifices. Right. And a lot of focus yep. and a lot of um, maybe living below your means for a little while. All okay. of that, which maybe we can get into later. But I was very inspired. So I'm awesome. so so happy you're here because i know we're going to learn you. a lot from you today awesome. so at seven elements of wellness we encourage people to focus on these seven areas of wellness mm-hmm. in their lives every day, seven different areas. And number seven is the financial element. Right. So here we are at number seven. We've talked about mental and emotional and physical and nutritional and, and some of these other ones that mm-hmm. are, that are, I think people think more about, right. people don't always think so much about focusing on their finances every single day. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But I know, and what we've learned and what we are encouraging others to do is to balance your life and to focus everywhere. And finances can be a really big part of your well-being.
2: Yeah. I've always said money is pretty important. I mean, it's right up there with oxygen. If you don't have it, you don't eat.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very true. Mm -hmm. And it can be very stressful and create a lot of overwhelm and stress. And when you have it, you feel, mm-hmm. feel a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more at peace. Like I got yeah. this, I'm good. You know what I mean? Right. And I think we all want that. We all want to feel free and financially free. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think most people have a desire to reduce their anxiety and s- stress around money for mm-hmm. sure. Cause yeah. they're definitely, I mean, I, I believe that what a lot of people feel and they think is this negative emotion around something is usually ambition. It's their desire to want more, but all these preconceived notions and fears tell them that it's a negative emotion. However, that emotion most people feel is actually ambition. It's the, it's the emotion that drives you towards a goal. Mm -hmm. And it can be a very positive thing if you learn to embrace it, but change is uncomfortable, right?
1: Oh my gosh. I love that, that you just said that. That is so true. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, we get into like the fear, Mm -hmm. but if you look at it more as ambition and what's going to drive you, Right. That's such a great point. Okay. Yeah. So at Seven Elements of Wellness, we have a checklist item daily to, to be, daily yeah. to do list. And for financial, we encourage everyone to take a look at their finances mm-hmm. and do one thing every day to prioritize saving and spending. Right. So that has been kind of overwhelming for people. We've had a right. lot of people say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to focus on. Right. So I'm just wondering your thoughts on that. What kind of advice or tips could you give to others about something? Something we could do to prioritize saving and spending yeah. every day?
2: Well, I think on a daily basis, you, you kind of, I would suggest to back up a little bit and tell someone you probably ought to have a budget, right? So once you have a budget and you know, now I'll be honest with you, I'm not a person who lives by like strict budgets. I know every nickel that comes out of my account. I know where it goes, but I'm not stressed over it or worried about it because I have a plan Mm -hmm. already. Right. So, um, I think once you have a budget and then a spending plan and you know, okay, here's, here's what I'm gonna do. Here's, I'm going to save X amount per month. Then I think the most important thing someone can do on a daily basis is to practice discipline, right? Because, I think discipline is where most people end up in issues in any area of their life or the lack of discipline, should I say. Things, I've always said, things that are easy not to do are also easy to do, right? So for example, if it's easy to save 10% of your income, It's Mm -hmm. easy to do, but it's also easy not to do.
1: I was going to say some, that might be hard for some people.
2: Only because of the habit, only because of the habit. Okay. So if you're thinking about what is going to have the biggest impact on your life on a daily basis, it's going to be around your habits, Mm -hmm. regardless of what element we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. So when it comes to financial, it's small things like, do you go to Starbucks every day or do you go out to eat every day? Yeah. Yeah. And if you just changed a small habit, not only do you change the habit of maybe, okay, pack a lunch or make coffee at home, or how about stop drinking coffee or, or just change, you know, that little lifestyle habit that's costing you money. But then the important thing is actually having the discipline to take that money that you're, you've saved from the change and actually investing it. Okay. Cause I personally see a lot of times what happens in people's lives. They'll, you know, they'll refinance their house and their payment will go down and they just spend the money. Yeah. Or they'll, you know, refinance their house and pay off all their cars. And then three years later they got new leases and yeah. next thing you know, the money just poof gone. Right. Right. It's because there was an opportunity, but the discipline is where they let up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I've always said habits are are kind of like a square peg going into a round hole, right? What happens is the first time it's pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you try to put a square peg into a round hole, then doesn't fit very well, right. but eventually the corners get rounded. And mm-hmm. so the more you do it, the easier it gets. And that's what discipline, both positive or negative, right? So if you have discipline on a daily basis saying, you know what, instead of going to get coffee, I'm going to wake up five minutes earlier, I'm going to make it at home. Well, that wow. could save you $5 a day, which doesn't seem like a whole lot. And the whole philosophy of don't go to Starbucks and you can retire financially is dumb because you're not going to want to make <laughs> your whole life miserable and, <laughs> yeah. you what i mean so you just have to decide what discipline is important for you what habit you're gonna change for me the thing i did was every single day i focused on making more money while i had a spending and saving plan already so That was for me. And it worked really well for me because I didn't have to worry about anything other than I have to make X amount so that I can save X amount. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, early on in my career, I knew that I wanted my goal when I joined the financial industry was become a millionaire by the time I was 30. So it gave me 10 years. Mm -hmm. So if I was going to get a 12% rate of return on my money, I was going to have to save forty two hundred and fifty bucks a month Mm -hmm. to become a millionaire in 10 years. Well, first I had to have the goal, so I knew the goal was a million. Then I had to know I need to save 4,200 a month in an investment that's gonna yield me 12% 12% on average. But then I have to have the discipline to actually do it. Yeah. But then I also have to have the income there. So saying what what would I focus on every day is creating enough activity so that I can make enough money to be able to hit my savings plan so that I can get financially independent. And that was the most important thing to me. Mm. And so I think that's important. Another thing that I think people could do that they don't realize how much of an impact it's gonna have on their finances is waking up every day and writing down your goals, Mm. writing them down before you get out of bed you have a three by five card or a notepad or something, you write down your goals. And what happens is when, when you have a goal, let's say your goal is you have nothing saved. And you say, you know what, by the end of the year, I want to have $10,000 saved. Well, if you're writing that down every single day, all of a sudden you're going to notice opportunities in your life on a daily basis to be able to start hitting that goal because Mm -hmm. you're thinking about it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just, you only notice things that are important to you so your mind is good at just, you know getting rid of information that you don't perceive as being important somebody else may notice it but you don't because you didn't value it right, right. so what happens if you place a value on a financial Goal. then your subconscious mind is going to look for the opportunity in order to achieve that goal on a daily basis. So, you know, that's, that's a long answer to the question. But I think if you, if somebody can really get serious about waking up every day and setting goals or writing their goals down that they've set, then they're going to see themselves start taking actions and having discipline towards things that they normally may not have because they hadn't placed as much value on it in the past.
1: Yeah. And we're back to journaling again, because that at seven elements, like so many of these elements is about journaling right. and writing it down. All I mean, spiritual and relational and, and mental and emotional. They've talked, all of them have talked about mm-hmm. journaling yep. and getting it out. And so I love what yep. you're saying, because what you focus on is what you think about and what you remember. Yep. And so if you're writing it down, yeah, you have it in your head. You have it in your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really good point. So back to what you're saying, like you take your five bucks from Mm -hmm. Starbucks and then you have to be disciplined to do something with that. So what, let's just say we're starting at a job living paycheck to paycheck every month and Mm -hmm. I'm going to decide I'm going to not go to Starbucks anymore, or I am going to, you know, cut down my spending of eating out Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then focusing on taking that, what I would have spent on that. Mm -hmm. So what would it look like to be disciplined if you're just starting out and you're like, I now, I now commit to my finances and I'm really going to focus on them. I'm going to write it down. I want to save $10,000 in a year, but I don't know where to start. So I'm going to start here. Mm -hmm. What would be an example of discipline with that money?
2: Stuff like, um, are you contributing to your 401k? And if the answer is no, why don't you walk into the HR department tomorrow and start contributing 5% of your check? Mm-hmm. And that was the money you saved. And maybe they match 5%. So now since you weren't contributing, you're getting nothing, but now you you invest 5%, then they match you up. Usually it's up to three, but let's just say it's five. But now you're investing 10% of your income all of a sudden, just because mm-hmm. you made that small little change. And what I found is people learn to live on what ends up in their account. Okay. So if they can invest before it goes into their account like that, a lot of times they're going to hit goals much quicker. So I think yeah. that's a simple thing. Or the best place, the, the, the best place I believe an individual can invest is into themselves. Yeah. So, you know, I'm constantly reading and, and recommending books to people, and you can take that money and go, invested into books and courses and mentors and coaches and someone to teach you and help you so that you can acquire the knowledge and the skills to have the confidence and the self-worth, right? That you deserve to be successful financially Mm -hmm. because that's important as well. Because if, if you don't believe that you deserve to be successful financially, I don't care how much money you make or save, you'll figure out a way to get rid of it pretty quick. Yeah. If you believe that you deserve to be successful financially and you believe you, you should have it and that's a desire for you, then you're going to find out a pretty quick way to get it.
1: Yeah. And that's a really good point. And I think that's why just incorporating all the seven elements, it's all about self-care, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're believing in yourself and you have that self-love, there is more motivation, yeah, right? Of I course. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a real thing. Let's talk a little bit about the fear, because many people have limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. when it comes to money.
2: I would say about everything. Yeah. We all do, right? We all have limiting beliefs in everything based on programming in our lives and people around us. Well,
1: and you hear like money is the root of all evil, you know, and- It doesn't
2: say that by the way. It says the love of money, putting money before other things.
1: So how do we clear some of those blocks that we have about money?
2: Great question. I think self-improvement is the number one way information. It, it's kind of funny how how human beings are, right? We'll choose something that we desire and then we look for information to back it up logically, right? We have this mm-hmm. desire and then we're going to find reasons to why it's true. And so we should do that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, it is going to give you a bias, but that's okay if it's biased towards achieving your goals, right? So I think the self-improving and reading books and listening to audios and podcasts and those kind of things that are going to increase your self-esteem, your belief in yourself, your um, self-worth, all of those things are going to increase your expectation. Mm-hmm. And if your expectation is increased, so will your result because mm-hmm. you will never outperform your expectations mm-hmm. ever. So if you If you want to get more out of life, then you have to increase your expectation. But if you're going to increase your expectation, it starts with yourself. And the only way that's really going to change is you digging deep down inside and really looking for change. Mm -hmm. So,
1: Yeah. I know kind of in this um, newer age world that we're in, a lot of people talk about manifesting. Mm -hmm. Or manifesting income or a job or money. And a lot of people who feel stuck, I think, kind of look to that. And Mm -hmm. I think that goes along with writing down your goals, right? Is, is writing it down. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I mean, my thoughts on manifesting is it's real. It's, I mean, I'm a Christian, so I believe that I can pray and that God's going to answer my prayers. And to me, that's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Is I'm having a conversation with God about my desires and what I really want out of life. And by praying and asking, then the opportunity is going to present itself. But then I have to be willing to take advantage of the opportunity as well. Yeah. So, if you know, if we use this new age movement of manifesting and the universe will provide, yeah, if you get off your butt and go do something about it. Right. Because opportunities are everywhere, but it still takes somebody who has enough guts and determination, motivation to see it through. Mm-hmm. Because the harder or the the bigger, the reward, the harder the journey. And so you just have to know that there's a price to be paid for everything, right? There, there's a price. And so when it comes to financial success, a lot of times that price is a little bit less sleep at night. You're probably, you're probably not going to sleep as much as you want. You're, you're going to be reading more. You're going to be doing things that are uncomfortable, things that are outside of your comfort zone. If you want to become successful financially, that's the price you're going to pay. But the opposite is true too. So if you don't become successful, the price you paid was not Being able to deliver for your family financially. Mm -hmm. You know, tell your kids, no, we can't live in this neighborhood or we can't go on that vacation. That's still a price you're paying, right, Mm -hmm. for the decision you made. Right. So we just have to decide, okay, are we willing to pay the price for the thing that I desire? And if you are, then you're going to achieve it.
1: Yeah. I still feel like I want to understand more about the price, more about what the sacrifice looks like Mm -hmm. because. We don't talk about it enough. And I know you have shared just in the element event. And I know you have an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. You've talked a little bit about the sacrifices that you made. Mm -hmm. So what would that look like? If you're going to pay the price to be financially free, what really authentically real, what does that look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's gonna be different for a business owner or an employee, right? So I'll start with the employee. It's easy for me to talk about business owner, but if I was an employee, um, which you know I've, I never have been, to be honest with you, but um, if I was an employee, I would be the hardest working employee there, right? That's a price. Why? Because what happens when you're the hardest worker, you ever hear someone say, well, that's not my job? Mm-hmm. Well, me as a business owner, looks at that person and goes, Well, that's why you're not more successful because you look at things and say, well, it's not my job. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Because my job as an entrepreneur or business owner, is to make things better, right? Mm -hmm. So if I looked, if I was an employee and I looked at everything like that, my, my job is to make this place better, regardless of what I actually get paid to do is different than what I believe that I should do. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I was an employee, then the price is you're going to show up early every day. Now, do Mm -hmm. you have to? Of course not. Right. But you're also going to stay late. When there's trash on the ground, you pick it up. No, it's not your job, but it makes it better. And what happens is if you, these little things that are not hard, but over time, they build character and integrity and people notice those things. And those are the people that get opportunities that everybody else calls lucky. It wasn't luck. It was two years of showing up early and staying late and doing the things that nobody else did to put themselves in a position where somebody's successful or somebody who had the opportunity to give them opportunities opportunity noticed. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so those are things like if you have a job, what you can do to become more successful, right? Financially, people don't realize that those things matter, right? Just small little things, cleaning up before you leave. Or how about this? Like you, you ever go to a restaurant and they close at eight o'clock and you walk in at 7.50 and they say, sorry, we're closed. No way. Someone who goes above and beyond and say, you know what, you have a seat. We're gonna give you the best service you've ever had tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you walked in
2: 10 minutes before, but our job is to build this great brand. We wanna keep our jobs and we right. do need to have this great restaurant. How often do you see, those kind of things happen. Not very often, but if you go to a five-star restaurant or you go to a really nice hotel, that's what happens. This is why those environments usually provide more economic opportunity is because of the way people respond. Now, from a business owner um, standpoint, the things that we did, um, I, w- I had a nice office, but didn't have a nice house. I was a cash millionaire and owned a couch and my mattress was on the floor still. You know, So most people aren't willing to do those things right? Uh-huh. Uh, my wife was driving a Mazda six she had bought in high school and we were already millionaires and she was still driving the same car that she had from high school. Mm, I was okay. driving a Nissan Altima, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Um, so those are sacrifice. People would say, oh, well, that's not really a sacrifice. Well, it's a lot harder to sacrifice when you don't have to. So when you're already financially set, it's a lot harder to have the willpower or the discipline to get up and do those things that are so uncomfortable when you really don't necessarily have to. So from a business owner standpoint, those are things that I did. I always invested my money back into my business, uh, into our people, whether it was contests or a nicer office or multiple locations or things like um, just making people feel special. Like our assistant, we would, you know, we had an assistant for a long time and we would just buy her a nice purse once in a while or mm-hmm. buy her a new computer or something just to let her know, Hey, this is above and beyond what we pay you, but we appreciate you. Yeah. And those are things that do you have to do? Of course not. But you do those things and they pay massive dividends in the long run, you know? So those are sacrifices because yeah, we could have bought it for ourselves, but instead we decided to pour into other people to make it a better culture and environment. Um, Um, Less sleep, you know, showing up early and staying late. Those things. Um, Working. I I remember one night with one of my uh, top guys. And we were going to uh, meet some of his clients at night and it was in the middle of summer. So it was like nine thirty at night and it was still light out. And I remember we knocked on one of his client's doors and we were just going there to say hi and just thank him for doing business with us. And, and we got ready to leave. And I looked at my guy and said, Hey, I just want to tell you, I'm proud of you. Cause you know how few people in business are doing what we're doing right now at nine thirty at night. Like nobody, mm-hmm. people aren't willing to do this. Yeah. Or be at home, be comfortable. So, those are sacrifices that if you do for a period of time, those are the things where people see you five years from now and go, oh my gosh, they got lucky or they were an overnight success because nobody saw you doing those things. Right. 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 So, and you can do those whether you're a business owner, or whether you're an employee. I see those small faults or judgments of error in employees so often because they think they don't get paid to do those things, but they only don't get paid to do those things because they don't ever do those things. If you'd make a decision to go above and beyond, eventually you're going to have the opportunity to lead and to make more money.
1: Yeah. It sounds like it's a lot about relationships as well.
2: Life is about relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I tell my kids every day, the most important skill you can develop in life is your ability to build relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not what you know, it's who you know.
1: And I feel like as you're talking, there's just this really positive vibe that I'm feeling coming from you because it's not just, I mean, as we started this interview, I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about finances. But as you're speaking, I'm just getting this overall vibe of like, positive energy, it's about reaching far and beyond, being aware of mm-hmm. the people around you, of your experiences, focusing more. I mean, we're not even really talking about money, we're talking right. about lifestyle.
2: Isn't that funny, because you said something earlier about journaling and all the other elements. Well, you know, the saying it says, show me how you do anything and I'll show you how you do everything. Success leaves clues, right? Mm-hmm. And what you do in one area of your life is gonna bleed into other areas and that's why you notice that you know those those things it's true that's it's how success works so usually successful people make life look easy and it's not because it was it was because they have good habits and those habits are what make life look easy Now they are easy, right? It's, it's easy for, it's just as easy for somebody to become successful as it is for somebody to stay broke, right? Because they're just habits. They're just disciplines you do on an everyday basis. And it just leads you down a certain path. It's very hard to change either way, right? It's very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So those, I think those are the things that people avoid going to the gym. If you're going to lift weights, it's very uncomfortable, right? But like, let's say you're going to do squats and the first seven don't hurt very bad. Well, you only do those seven to get to the last three that do, right? And the more the last three hurt, the better the gains. Mm -hmm. So do you say, well, I shouldn't have done the previous seven? No, you had to do the seven to get to the last three that gave you all the gains. The same thing as in anything in life. You got to push yourself to that uncomfortable point, And then once you get there, that's when you go above and beyond. And that's what separates yourself from the crowd, whether it's with your family or whether it's, you know, in your spiritual life or, or in your financial life, any of those things are going to pay massive dividends. Once you got to the place where you allow discipline to take you further than most people are willing to go.
1: Wow. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything specific that you want to address just in this space? Anything you want to share with us?
2: I would say when it comes to money, um, the most simple thing that I would suggest to anybody listening to this, whether they have a job, you have a business, um, you're succeeding financially, but you'd like to do more. You're not at all. What is the one thing that live off 50% of your income? And I believe with everything inside of me, if you can't live off of 50% of your income, you need to grow your income and reduce your expenses.
1: And then that remaining 50% put that savings Invest it. investing. Yeah.
2: And that goes to self-improvement. So, um, you know, there's not one place to invest your money. There's a lot of different places you could go invest. I think you should have a plan, right? I think most Americans should be maxing out their IRAs and, you know, 401ks, and you should be putting as much money as you can into those plans as possible just to set yourself up. And then once you do that and you start getting better with money, then you have, you're going to have money left over that you can use to invest in other things that you're going to learn and get good at. I also would suggest that never put your money or never invest in something that you don't understand.
1: Okay. And what, what would be something like that?
2: (laughs) A big one right now is crypto, right? Like a lot of people don't understand crypto yet. They're putting a bunch of money in it. Well, you know, so if you don't understand it, why would you invest in something you don't even know how to get a good rate of return or get your money back out of it? Right. Why would you put your money into something you don't understand how it works? Because if you don't understand how it works, then you're going to doubt it the whole way through. And so then when times get hard or you have a depression or a recession or something like this, then usually you're going to make emotional decisions because it it was not an emotional decision going in. It wasn't logical. So a lot of times people make decisions financially based on their emotions, not their logic. Mm -hmm. I've always tried to separate the two. I've always tried to make logical decisions about my money. By Number one is by having a mentor or a coach. Right? Someone that I can call that doesn't have any emotional attachment to my financial situation and say, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm about to do. Do you think I should do it or not? And then if they say no, they're not emotionally attached to it. Even if I am and I follow that decision, it helps me make a better logical choice regarding my money. Like right now, the real estate market's going crazy. Everybody wants, you, know, you can sell your house, take the equity and buy a bigger house or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, in 2018, my wife and I, we had our dream home and the market was going like crazy. And so we sold it. It wasn't comfortable, but mm-hmm. you know, I looked at the amount of money we had made by building the house and being able to take that equity and put in another property. It's like, I'm willing to sacrifice my lifestyle in order to get ahead and get closer to my long-term financial goal. So then we can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Really good points. I'm just going to be honest for me, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff I don't understand. Right. So I don't know only not totally understand crypto, but right. I don't understand investments and right. I don't understand the accounts and, and all of that. So if we want to understand, mm-hmm. and you mentioned a mentor, a coach, mm-hmm. how would we get in touch with someone? Is that something you do? What would be your advice? Yeah, I mean,
2: I, I, um, I'm no longer like licensed in the industry. I don't, My wife does actually, um, she still helps, you know, she has her investment licenses and stuff like that and helps do that. I don't, but I do a lot of consulting. I mean, I'm always, um, open to helping anybody who wants to get better and those things. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to send me a direct message on Instagram or something, I'd be glad to help anybody. And, and I do a lot of consulting that way. And I I enjoy it because it kind of gives me a, I don't have a biased opinion because I don't have any skin in the game. So to speak, I can simply give advice and someone could choose to follow it or not. It doesn't really, uh, affect my income per se. You know, yeah. I think that's also an important thing is anytime, you know, when, when it comes to money, for example, or any subject, there's so many books and so many incredible people who have given phenomenal information, but for whatever reason, people don't invest their time, effort, and energy into those things, even though they know it's important. And I think a lot of that is around our culture. Cause I mean, if you think about it, we go back when we start in kindergarten, right? The school system is designed for that, right? We start in the morning end in the evening, start with a bell end with a bell nights, weekends, holidays off. I mean, really we're, we're, into a system that is programming us to just be obedient employees, mm-hmm. right? Don't yeah. think out of the box. this what time you show up. It's how much you get yeah. off. And then how many times do you hear someone say, oh, I'll just like leave my job at, at work when I leave? Yeah. They say those things have been programmed for so long, right? Yeah. Well, I don't want to live a life where I spend eight hours somewhere and then leave and have to forget about it. I want to live a life where I can't stop thinking about it because I'm so excited about it. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, yeah, I think when it comes to like the financial industry, you use money every day of your life, every day. It is amongst the most thought about thing in someone's life, right? Yeah. But yet people avoid. Yes. And it's like, why Why do you avoid, avoid the thing that you're going to use every single day? Well, it's because we've been taught, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money is the root of all evil. All these things, which are all lies, by the way, right? Yeah. Um, rich people are greedy. All these perceptions that have been built to us from society and culture. And by the way, from other people who are not successful mm-hmm. financially. And so we have to reprogram those. And the only way you're going to do that is through new ways of thinking, new relationships, reading different material, um, doing the things that other successful people do. And it's uncomfortable at first.
1: Yeah. Well, and we've all been programmed and that's just what I was thinking. I think people may not even know what they don't know because yep. they are stuck in it and it's the day-to-day life and I'm just where I am and I just need to be content with this and life is hard. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, just the energy. I just love your energy mm-hmm. because it's so positive and it's yeah. so like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to create something different. Right. I want to create a life that I'm happy and excited and lit up about.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why would you want to live? It? I mean, we only get to do this thing once. Yeah. We only get one shot at it. Yeah. And it goes by fast. And I think I've always, I've always kind of had, I've always been a dreamer. You know, I've always believed that God wants me to live an amazing life, mm-hmm. you know? And I believe that if there's something you want, you can go get it as long as you're willing to pay that price. Yeah. And, and it, it impacts the world in a positive way for you to become successful. I've always told, People that the most selfish thing you can do in life is make just enough to get by, mm. because you can't help anybody. Mm-hmm. Or if you yeah. make fifty grand a year and you need fifty grand a year to live, how can you help anybody? But if you make a hundred thousand a year and you only need fifty to live, you can give away some money. Yeah, you can you know, start businesses that impact people's lives and make their life better. You can give more money to your church or a charity. There's a lot of things that you can do with excess money. So I believe that it, I don't just look at financial success as something I want to do. I look at it as something as I'm obligated to do to make the world a better place, to make my, my family's life better, but also the people around me better, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to expectations. Yeah. Like I enjoy spending time with people who expect more out of me. Just like I enjoy spending time with others who when you expect more out of them, they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right, So it's kind of the iron sharpens iron mentality. And this is, by the way, why people click up or successful people hang out with other successful people and why country clubs exist. Because that's what happens. You know, yeah. you get people that like minded, they get around each other, they start thinking like each other and they get addicted, if you will, to that environment and that feeling and that emotion. So at first it might be uncomfortable for you. I remember when I first started making money, I would go into like a Ritz Carlton or something and I would feel so uncomfortable. I go into a Louis Vuitton store and like tell my kids, don't touch anything, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But after a while, you just feel like you belong. And that's because you're thinking, nothing changed other than your perception. Yeah. Right. So if you can learn to change your perception, it changes a lot about your actions because your life is just a reflection of your perception. That's all it is. Yeah.
1: I love this. All of this. So how do we connect with you? Is there a way that we can connect with you online, social media? How can we keep learning from you? Yeah, I mean,
2: the best way is Instagram, really. I don't post a bunch, but I'm on there sometimes. I, I, um, there's so many people out there, but I just like to, if I can provide value and, you know, I think there's a time where I can give some information that might help somebody make a better decision in their life, then that's when I usually post. But yeah, you're, Anybody can reach out to me on Instagram. It's uh, the underscore Fieldsteads, F-I-E-L-D-S-T-A-D-S, the underscore Fieldsteads. Um, Or you can just type in Jeff Fieldstead and it'll pop right up. But yeah, you can reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter. A lot of people are using Twitter now again. So yeah. yeah.
1: Wonderful. Any final thoughts that you have as we're wrapping up?
2: You know, I think when, when it comes to money, it's not, it's not a veil that needs to be lifted. Like most people think like there's something I have to, it's just simple. It's math. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times when people have this fear and anxiety about the future, it's because internally they know they're not making good decisions currently. And so it creates fear and anxiety about their future, where if you can learn just some simple fundamental principles, you you know, you take hundred percent of your income, you're going to have to pay taxes. Uh, you're going to give, some way to charity, you're going to save a certain percentage and then you live on what's left over. And when you start doing that, I like to do it with percentages. And the reason I like to do it with percentages is because it gives me the ability, if I work harder then and I make more money, then I don't just get to save more, but I also increase my standard of living while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's not always a sacrifice. The sacrifice only comes at the beginning and the reward comes constantly as I'm putting more effort and energy. So I think if people can learn that concept where you say, that's why I think the 50% thing is so big. If you can live on 50% of your income and invest and save 50%, you're not only going to get wealthy fast, but it also gives you something every day. It gives you a reason why you should grow your income. Mm -hmm. right? And then you get the reward of getting financially independent faster, but also getting to improve your quality of life because it's a percentage. So as you grow your income, yeah, if you want to live in a nicer house, you don't feel guilty about it. You want to drive a nicer car, you don't feel guilty about it. And then you get to a place where you start justifying it based on taxes, right? (laughs) So, and that's an awesome place to get to in your life when you can start making decisions because you're looking for a way to do better in taxes or set your children up in the future or these kind of things. So yeah, I think at the end of the day it comes down to someone saying, "Hey, here's what I make. I know a lot of people who are really 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 wealthy that never made more than 50 grand a year. I'm talking 100 million dollar mm. net worth or more that never made more than 50 grand a year." Wow. But yeah. I also know people that make 7, 8 figure incomes, a million, 10 million plus and they're broke. They look yeah. like they have a nice life, right? They live in a big house, they drive nice cars, but if they miss an income for a month or two, they lose everything, right? And so I think that there's there's a time and a place to live an incredible life, and that's gonna happen for people to make a decision to pay the price, but- uh, You just have to know that there is going to be a price to pay for a period of time. And so whether you're an employee or you're a business owner, regardless of what you make, if you make good decisions financially, you can get the power of investing working for you and it will change your life. And it's not just going to change your life, but it's also going to change the people around you. It's going to change your children's life. You know, I always joke with my wife and talk about how, you know, I wish that I wish my, I wish I was my parents, you know, like I I think about the life my kids get to live because of this. And then I think about what is their kid's life going to look like because of the price we decided to pay. Yeah, And it's awesome, but it also keeps me going, right? It keeps me more ambitious. It keeps me more excited about the future because I think about, man, how much bigger could we get it? So our life went from a place of we have to work for money. We've got to wake up every day and pay bills, just like most people have to do, to a place of how great do you think we can make it before all said and done? How great can our life be before, you know, before they pat us in the face with a shovel, you know, before it's done (laughs) and they, they put us in that box. I, you know, and how awesome is it to be able to live a life where every day you wake up and you just focus on just better, just getting better. Mm
0: -hmm. And so that's
2: kind of how we've tried to design our lives is wake up every day and just get better, just become better parents Uh, better in business, better with people, and just make the world a better place and not having to think so much about ourselves because that's already taken care of. We can start thinking about making an impact just versus making an income.
1: That's so amazing. And it feels so much like out of the box. We're just moving out of the box, moving away from that programming, teaching your children values, yes. what's valuable. And it's like, I think when we think about money, I always feel like money is, is value. So what do I value? Where do I want to okay. put that value? And you've totally touched upon that today. It's been so, so wonderful. That's awesome. So. Well,
2: thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: To connect with us, join our private Facebook group. This is a group where you will find ideas, be able to ask questions, and find the support of a like-minded community. We also have monthly local element events where we feature a different element each month and we bring in specialized speakers. And these events will be live streamed exclusively into this group. And if you're local, we also find a lot of fun activities in the group, such as hikes, pickleball, vision board nights. You can also join our Instagram page at Seven Elements of Wellness. Find out about upcoming events to look for inspiration, motivational quotes, and a lot of shares make sure to check out our website at sevenelementsofwellness.com. Here you can join our newsletter, which will give you updates on upcoming podcasts, articles on health and wellness, and the latest local events.
1: You can also check out our website for the 7-Day Challenge. So every month we begin a new challenge from the first of the month to the seventh of
0: the month because most people can do anything for seven days, right? The best thing is that we have a community to support you because we know that having accountability buddies is where it's at. Right. So after the seven days, we're going to choose a winner for one of our amazing sponsors. And then from there, you're going to see how many days in a row you can flow. If you'd like to create your own seven elements of wellness community where you live, reach out to us. We'd love to help you get it started.
1: The 7 Elements of Wellness podcast is created and produced entirely by volunteers who are passionate about sharing this message and assisting you on your journey to feel good more than you don't. If you would like to contribute to helping us continue to bring amazing content through this podcast and community events, we would love your support. You can find us on Venmo under our business account at Life Integrated. Any donation is so greatly appreciated and we thank you so much.